El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Show, a podcast about news, politics, pop culture, current events, and whatever else people are talking about these days. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Show, a podcast about news, pop culture, entertainment, information, fucking laws, books, Jeff being a dickhead. What are you talking about? I would not do that. You were mocking me. Like nope, you- I was not. Are you recording it on video? Share the video. You will not see me mocking you at all. No, because you were hiding it with your stupid cell phone for losers. No, you're a bad person. That is a cartoonish sized water bottle, Jeff. I will just say that. I've seen some big water bottles in my day, but that is just... That's like a Ethan, jug. That's like Ethan, a moonshine jug. You got to do the work. Sometimes you got to stay hydrated, bro. How big is that bottle for the record? Uh, this is eight gallons. Okay. I think it's about, what, half a gallon maybe? So it's about the size of my head. So, I think you got a, I think you got a full milk gallon there. I think you got a full gal. It's close, I think. I, I don't know. Oh, it's 64 ounces. Oh. That's, that's half a gallon. All right. Mine is 40 it's, ounces, if anyone's asking. Wow. Someone's 40, 40 ounces freedom. to freedom. Yeah, yeah right? Blime album. <laughs> hey, we haven't introduced anyone except Jeff. I'm Adam Todd Brown, your host. And that's all you need to know. Jeff is back. He's here. I said he was going to be here last week, and we couldn't work that out. But Jeff's here. Back. Back again. Jeff is back. Jeff is back. Tell the president. Anyway, Ethan Stanislavski's here, too. Yeah, look at this guy. Yeah. What's weird is that the background of my in this room is a mirror. So it, when I do this, it looks like I have like a coworker in the background who is like mocking me, but it's just me. Oh yeah, I see that now. Oh, and you got two yeah. yoga balls back there. No, it's just one, but there's that reflection situation going on. Mm, no, that's two yoga balls. I'm looking at them right now. Jeff, yeah, one of them is why, a reflection. That's why do you better. do this every time? Every time a guest <laughs> is sitting in front of a mirror. That wow. is two ball. I'm looking right at two yoga balls and a man sitting behind Ethan facing the other way. Yeah. That's probably the thing I heard. We're doing time. we're doing a Marx Brothers thing right here, but in reverse. So we're doing a vintage unpopular opinions episode today. I don't know if there's anyone listening who like just started after the name change. Welcome. This show used to be called Unpopular Opinion, and every once in a while, it would live up to its name, and we would do an Unpopular Opinions episode, where we all just bring some opinions and share them, opinions that might be considered unpopular, Unpopular. and we defend those opinions, you know? And now we come on this show to defend those opinions. Right, just like the old intro used to work. God, I'm glad I'm not recording that thing live every week. Oof. (laughs) What that is the absolute best change that has happened. Having to do that every week, fuck me. Whose idea was that? Mine. Like the best change is having me on this episode. You've been so. on a lot of episodes, Jeff. So we got opinions. We got some hot ones. Who wants to go first? Should I go first? Adam, I mean, you're the host. You could do whatever you want. My first one, and listen, please understand, I want to put a tag onto the beginning of this that. This is not a thing I want 
I want to make that very clear. This is not my chosen outcome in 2024, but God damn it, now that he's running as an independent, RFK Jr. has as much chance of becoming our next president as anyone else. Like he's the Ross Perot of 2023. He's more than Ross Perot. I actually, I think you got something here. If I had to put money on it, I wouldn't put money on him winning, but he has a chance to throw a wrench in the whole goddamn thing, even more than storming the Capitol. I saw a poll, the New York Times shows a bunch of swing state polls, and it's consistently like 32, 33, 25, and with RFK being the 25. If he ups that to 5%, holy shit, what will happen? Well, it's actually worse than that. I'll link to this article in the show notes for people, but there's an article on Rolling Stone that just went up yesterday as we record this. And it's about how RFK Jr. is polling ahead of Trump and Biden, both with young voters in swing states. Two separate polls. One of them surveyed 3,662 registered voters in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. So like the big swing states. That poll found that RFK Jr. was favored by 24% of respondents in a three-way race between him, Biden, and Trump. But when you start breaking it down by age group, among voters age 18 to 29, he was favored by 34% compared to 30% for Biden and 29% for Trump. For voters age 30 to 44, he polled at 31% compared to Trump and Biden, both polling at 30%. Overall, among voters under 45, Kennedy polled at 32% compared to 30% for Biden and 29% for Trump. And that's just one poll. It just feels like young people have seen the two options that the Republicans and Democrats are offering, and they both suck. They sure do. It is very clear, and especially to people that are like under the age of 50, where we're looking and we're being like, both of these guys are fucking terrible and we're being force fed them and people are going to react we know less about rfk jr than we do about biden and trump for obvious reasons and so they're like well you know he's not the other guys he is not a good option no no i will say this when i saw you post this adam i was like looking at some more details and one of the things that constantly constantly gets overlooked when you see polls is black and hispanic voters um, they're sort of seen as this one blob that's generally left wing, which is not the case no. generally. Not in places all. where gay marriage is on the ballot. <laughs> but also, I thought that apparently he backtracked from this uh, like a week later, but RFK came out in favor of reparations. Even though he backtracked on it, the fact that he said that at the beginning is going to win over some black voters. It's more than Trump ever will. But I don't know what that will do if it, that takes votes away from Biden and it's razor thin, I would say that would suck if it was like, it would mean Trump would win if it was like a RFK was pulling at like 10% or even, you know, 15%. But the fact that he's pulling at 25 consistently and he's got that wrench thrown into the situation, who the fuck knows what could happen? That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't think if I had to put money on it, I don't, I'd probably put money on Trump winning, honestly. But I would say there's a non-zero not even a non-zero, like there is like, it's a three-way race, essentially. And I don't think people are seeing it that way. Kennedy is a wild card in the full definition of that word. 
yeah. because he has a lot of beliefs and platforms that are indicative of being a member of the far right. He has platforms that make him seem like a leftist. He's all over the map, and that is jarring. Yeah. And that name recognition. Yeah, that's the thing. Holy yeah. shit. Like, if anyone was going to Trump Trump when it comes to name recognition, it's fucking not just A. Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah, where's Sirhan Sirhan Jr.? Yeah. You you took the words right out of my mouth. You are the second person to make that joke on this podcast. All right, guys, I'll see you later. You you bring them on. Sirhan, Sirhan, Sirhan. That's who it would be. And then I followed up their joke with Sirhan, Sirhan, Sirhan. Man, we're fucking awful. (laughs) What a a repetitive group of assholes. But, you know, not as awful as as RFK Jr. So there we go. No, not even sort of. No. Like, he's such an anti-vaxxer. I hate that. Like, ugh. He backtracked on that and said, well, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm anti-forcing people to have to take these things. We've been literally doing that for decades. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a vaccine skeptic, you're an anti-vaxxer, period. That's just the way I see it. And yeah, I mentioned there were two polls. There is also a Quinnipiac University poll. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. East Coasters here. Yeah, and they surveyed 1,610 self-identified registered voters and found RFK Jr. to be the leading candidate for respondents between the age of 18 and 36. He was polling at 38% compared to 32% for Biden and 27% for Trump. So, hey, at least Trump's losing in all of these. That's interesting because... Quinnipiac tends to lean more Republican in their surveys. Like I know that poll, they tend to lean more towards like favoring. They're like a, a right wing candidates. So I don't that like the fact that not only Kennedy is winning in that group, but Trump is that far behind. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. You know what's funny is like when you think about it, there actually is no Republican candidate. No. There's a MAGA candidate, and then there's a Democrat, and then whatever the hell rfk is like there isn't a republican by definition it's fascinating is is the closest to that biden's the republican candidate yes yeah biden's the center borderline center right candidate yeah he sure is hey what's weed what is weed biden dangerous drug yeah oh god 2024 is going to be fascinating the boomer energy of somebody that's just like my dog should be able to bite all of you yeah that's yeah. That's something else. Like that dog thing. Commander I, rips. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only good thing about that presidency is that that dog keeps biting Secret Service agents. Yeah, I like that it's just Secret Service agents because you know he's got access to other people to bite. It's fucking fuck 12, man. Commander knows what's up. He's like, fuck these Mormon bastards. A cap <laughs> motherfucker. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I again would like to stress, I don't want RFK Jr., to be our next president. Here's the thing. I don't want any of those motherfuckers to be our next president. Hey, I bet it would be good for your comedy. I bet it would <laughs> yeah. be good. Yeah. I bet I bet it would be really good for your comedy. Trump was great for comedy. Yeah. You have audiences that are too brutalized by reality to laugh at anything. So to be yeah. fair, how can anything be good for comedy if it isn't a crowd work Instagram reel? Yeah, that's a fair Good point. That's a fair that's point. That's the only thing that's good for comedy is the most debasing and pathetic form of comedy to do. Yeah, 
I agree. I agree. All right. Whose opinion is next? Who wants go to go ahead? Next? I will go just because it's a follow up. No, you'll go because I said you about. go. Okay, whatever, Jeff. But here's the thing I don't think anyone over 75 should be able to hold public office, period. Anyone over 75, regardless of position, regardless of where what party they are, regardless of where they stand, there's a lot of reasons for that. But if Diane, I mean, the Diane Feinstein situation is a fucking mess and has been a mess for the last, you know, since she was ran for re-election. 35 you know, years. 60. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's, it, it's a mix of things. It's a mix of, A, you don't want someone who could die tomorrow if you're electing them for four to six years. Like, if if you elected a 77-year-old to office and they die the next day, that's reasonable. Not not saying we, it's like, yeah, they're 77, they're dead. That's what happens. Biden. We expect them to be Biden could die tomorrow. And I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Biden's saying he's running for re-election. I was like, for like, like your condo unit, like <laughs> for your, yeah. Like what you're, no, you're going to be, you're going to die. So like, he's, he's definitely like, I think I want to die in office. Like he, he's going to die. If he, if he, he's going to die. Like there's no yeah. way he's going to be alive through that whole thing. I mean, I don't know. Reagan, it seemed like he was knocking on that door near the end of his presidency, and that motherfucker held on. He had been dead for fucking three to four years before. Yeah. Just because his he still had a heartbeat doesn't mean he was alive. Yeah. Like, and Nancy Reagan was telling him what to do the whole time. Yeah. Oh, he died like in the 90s, right? He did. It wasn't soon enough. He should have died in the 80s. Oh, 2004? I remember when he died. Remember yeah. When he died. yeah. It was ridiculous. Oh, wow. So, yeah, been, he held on for another, like... Yeah, but he he was not functional for the last 20 years of that. But theoretically, he could have been held office during those 20 years. No one would be weird about it. Right. I'm just saying... 1973. I'm just saying yeah. I'm not that confident Biden won't live oh, to the end of his second term. I don't like voting for... Like, I... This was something that pissed a lot of my lefty friends off, and I... Like, I thought Bernie was too old in 2016. I couldn't, mm. that was a thing that, like, no matter what the position is, that's just too old for me. There's too much that could happen that could go wrong. Yeah, and if you can get killed the by the tub, the yeah. I'm a bit nervous. So I remember when Feinstein died, a lot of my friends were saying, put Barbara Lee in office. And I love Barbara Lee. She's a fantastic lefty stalwart. She's 77. Hell no. We don't need more of this. We don't need like what we just ran into that with Feinstein. She the was reelected. Yeah, I was going to say the Republicans don't do that as much. It seems like they love a forty-year-old former beauty queen or whatever. Like yeah. they, they love they like they. The Republicans know how to pick people that are going to be like have staying power and that are going to appeal to their specific group. Like Biden doesn't appeal to the people. Most of the people that voted for Biden. Yeah. I voted for Biden. He does not appeal to me. Like yeah. I spit on the ground when I fucking voted for him, like an Italian grandmother. Like I'm like, up. the Republicans at least know how to market their candidates. Yeah, definitely. There was a bill that was, it didn't go any, I don't think it went anywhere, but there was a bill in Congress to limit, have age limits for members of Congress. And I was like, that's cool. But then I realized this is like a Republican bill. Republicans are the one advocating for age limits. And I'm like, the fuck is this? But also, I don't want to vote for someone, even no matter how much I love them, where they stand, what they can do, how much they can get shit done. I don't want to vote for someone who could die tomorrow and it would be reasonable in an the, office that has a long term. The, the obvious argument against your opinion is that it is ageism. 
and it is illegal to do that. Yeah. Like it is discrimination. I'm but not also saying we have age limits on when you're allowed to be there. Yeah. Like yeah. you have a minimum age requirement. So it the precedent has been set that if there is a minimum age requirement, you can make a maximum age requirement. And yeah. by not doing that, it is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like the obvious argument against ageism yeah. Yeah. is then you have to remove the limit and yeah. start letting then what four-year-olds go into Congress. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Fuck. Yeah, man. Bring a four-year-old into Congress. Four-year-olds are, I have a lot more brain power than that. This is mean. I want uh, to Feinstein had by the end. That's, <laughs> that's not mean. This is the, this is the truth. Sure. I do it's like the idea of a national accurate. juice hour. That sounds really good. <laughs> a juice summit. When, uh, yeah. when, uh, like with Obama and Henry Louis Gates and that cop, a juice summit. Yeah, we should have a, a juice summit and we should talk about our favorite kinds of juice. Yep. Apple cider. Yeah, you, know? you mentioned that this is like the like there's a Republican bill pushing this idea. And like sometimes that happens. Like sometimes there you you'll come across a Republican bill that is actually good. And like it, yeah, there's I, I know a, there's an example out there right now, Josh Hawley who is a fuck face of the highest order. Oh yeah. He's a massive piece of shit. He is general. Yeah. He was the one who like raised his fist to the motherfucking capital insurrectionists all while being kept a very safe distance away from them. So like fuck him in general, but he also just introduced a bill that would like undo citizens United and would like end corporate money in elections. And it's like, Oh God damn, someone needs to do that. And like, <laughs> Like Republicans are vehemently opposed to it. And it's like, really? He had to be the one? Like, there's yeah. so many Democrats over the years who could have introduced that too. But and like, some of them have, but it just is like, yeah, no, we're not going to let like a Democrat do this. We're not going to let Bernie do this. But it's like, yeah, shit, have a, if there's, I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't know what the, like the intention of the Republicans introducing that bill was to try to get Biden out of office. That was the clear point of doing that. Yeah. But it's just like the fundamental principle of if you could, like, that's just what it is. If you could die tomorrow and it's not weird, you should not be able to have a job where millions of people depend on, millions and millions of people depend on what your opinions are. If only I could die tomorrow and it wouldn't be weird. Yeah. I want it, I want the bill worded that way. Yeah. You not tomorrow and it's not yeah, weird. If, you don't get if, to be an elected official. Yeah, if the <laughs> if the news of your death has people go, yeah, that's gonna happen, then <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're like, uh, this president is an avid uh, skydiver. So or or <laughs> yeah, so it's over seventy five or like the worst stage of uh, meth addiction you could possibly have. If you have like <laughs> Charlie Sheen, where... President Charlie Sheen. <laughs> President Sheen is dead. Yeah, we were expecting yeah. that actually before we took yeah. office. Yeah, exactly. See, then the problem you run into is the same thing that's happening with George Santos, where people are like, this guy is such an obvious fraud Damn, and yeah. criminal. Yeah. How is he allowed to still be in Congress? And it's because the Constitution doesn't say you can't be a liar and a fraud. And it yeah. also doesn't say you can't smoke meth. And be an elected official, George. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you if they said liar and frauds, we would just not have a government. If they said you couldn't be right. that, yeah, we'd just not have a government. I know late night is generally obnoxious, but Jimmy Kimmel's George Santos stuff is actually quite good. I don't know if you've seen see any that. of it, but 
they not. just have a guy I, playing George Santos that just denies everything happening while they follow him with the camera. And it's just, he, he just like sets up elaborate escapes. So it's like the Lovitz pathological liar character, but reincarnate. Yeah. But it's, he's like more indignant about it. It's very good. And I, I'm not a fan of most things I see on late night. So like when you see something that's a delight, you're like, ah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Kimmel has this moment. Kimmel has some like of the late night, like, network hosts i'd say he is the one that has the most like i mean colbert too but it's just like oh okay you i was not expecting something that sharp from you jeff loves kimmel's carl malone stuff if i recall correctly <laughs> yeah but not because i think it's funny but it, i do love the blackface <laughs> that's God, my unpopular opinion so even at the time i was like yeah he's in blackface right now it was the 90s mm. we've already we were very aware of blackface and the negative yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. And it was um, like 90s into the 2000s. Yeah. 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 Wasn't that like man show stuff? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Early 2000s. Like, yikes. All right, Jeff, depending on which one you're going to go with, let's get to your bullshit opinion here. I relish the comments on this one because I'm going to bring, I'm going to do my number one and I know people are going to be very upset with me. The holidays are coming. Mm-hmm. We're going to have our meals. We like our, we like, we, we all have a, a meal that we enjoy Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, whatever we like. Mashed potatoes are the most overrated bullshit dish that you can have during the holidays. You are the most overrated bullshit dish that you can have during yeah. the holidays. Well, you're yeah. calling them a dish, so that's nice. What do mashed potatoes bring to the table that you can't get from, like, stuffing? Okay, no, because mashed potatoes, gravy, and turkey go in one pile. Stuffing and cranberries go in the other pile. Like I can't, I'm not eating turkey without gravy and mashed potatoes unless it's on a bun with like lettuce and cheese and mayonnaise. But like just dry, throwing down on just dry ass turkey, get a lot. That's what the gravy's for. You got the gravy. It's not going to be dry. I'm Adam on this. Yeah, no, I I figured as much. And the mashed potatoes, yeah. Yeah, but, but it's, the mashed potatoes they bring nothing to the table other than so what you're saying is That's that they're a, they're wrong. a texture That's concept completely wrong. all they no, are is they just, have flavor you put butter in that shit and no, you're mashed potatoes don't surprised. have flavor the yeah, potato the, the butter might have flavor or whatever that's but that's part of the mashed get. potatoes yeah that's you like saying cake doesn't have flavor it's just the butter and the sugar like that's how you make the cake yeah. well no because a cake is the finale of all those things combined so. so is mashed potatoes and mashed potatoes require no it's not mashed potatoes potatoes that milk. you take a masher and you mash them down whatever you if do you just, during that okay. process jeff i don't know how you're making mashed potatoes, potatoes. i don't know if you're just mash if you're just cooking up making a baked potato and mashing it then yeah it's gonna suck that's like saying la sucks because you went to hollywood and highland on a friday night you're doing like the worst like but, no, you got to do the flavor. You potatoes, sure, but you can do those flavors with other things. You're like, yeah, but you need to have the butter. It's like, well, yeah, but I got butter just, on other things. Like, do you just not like potatoes. I think potatoes are a massively overrated item. I do. I think they, they don't. They offer nothing nutritionally. Not that Thanksgiving or Christmas is about like eating something nutritious. I get that, but like at the same time, their flavor is compared to all of the other stuff on the plate. It's just nothing. It brings nothing really to the table that you can't get on all of the other things. Like Who's I'd rather have a sweet your, potato. Who is cooking your food? Like, where are you eating? I mean, usually it's, I'm going to assume like a really nice Mexican guy. I, I eat in LA a lot. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I can I cook you some potatoes sometimes? Yeah. Ooh. 
like, I, I won't be that impressed. Okay. I don't but, like, I do not like mashed potatoes. I find to be just, they're, they're such a non compete, like a non-starter for me. I don't care about a potato. It's just nothing. And like, I get that you can be like, well, you put salt and pepper and butter and things. And I'm like, okay, well now you're just seasoning that stuff, but you could season other things. You don't need the potatoes to get that sort of experience. It's just that they are a popular and available thing. And we've grown up on it. So we're we're obsessed with it. But all right, potatoes I'm gonna get are... real I'm gonna get real defined here and say you're you're classist by your anti potato stance. Oh, I bet you, you are, are you're internalizing yeah, uh your your uh Massachusetts Irish trauma being Not around Irish. that shit. I know, but being around enough Massachusetts people. And you're internalizing trauma and you're going against the working class here by saying potatoes are useless. They are a valuable staple of world uh, nutrition. They're a filler. They're a filler. It would be like going up against like wheat or corn. Like all they are is they're something because we got a fuck ton of them. We got to do something with it. Like I, I rarely enjoy breakfast potatoes too, unless they're done in a cool way. Like but that's mashed the, potatoes that's... just, and what I'm saying is everything else on the plate is better than mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes is a nope. distant, distant. Last I'm not a, I'm not a cranberry guy. That's my, my hot take, but I would rather have a nice, creamy, buttery, filling, delicious, complimentary to makes everything better mashed potato than just some cranberry that's just going to make me feel like sugar high. Okay, well, that's just because you're a moron. Yeah, you got, what's, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, this is the point. Okay, where so we're turning on me now. Okay. Yeah, we should yeah. join on you. I own cranberry. <laughs> fuck you. And by the I, way, classist, I, I, have, I have gone to bat for the canned, jellied cranberry sauce multiple times. I, I was I was just going to say that that would be my hot take is that the canned cranberries are the move on. That almost was mine. I agree with that. I agree with that. And if I had to choose between the full cranberry and the canned, I'd choose the canned. Do you ever have the full? I've had the full. It's distracting. Yeah, we like we we cook it with orange rind. Yeah, it's weird. Get this shit out of here. Get me a fucking processed can of cranberry flavored gelatin keeps the fucking can shape when it comes out and you gotta have it in the shape of the can because once it starts melting you're like this ain't gonna be good for long like cranberry sauce is the ice cream cake of thanksgiving i call it the candy corn of thanksgiving like what candy corn is the halloween i take cranberries to thanksgiving here's my question have you ever tried it with stuffing yeah that's the only time i will enjoy it is with that. If it's well, yeah, the cranberry got... on its own, I'm not a fan. Now, on its own, no. What kind of maniac is doing that? But I know people. I know some people. Oh, uh, no, that's hey, look silly. Look at this motherfucker. Look at this motherfucker. I, can, I eat it like a side dish. Like I just, I, I like, I cut it with a butter knife, which is the only acceptable way that you um, cut the the can. Uh, you cut it with a butter knife and then you put it out. And then every once in a while, you just fucking take a scoop out of it with a spoon and you eat it. Mm. Straight I just up, drop up. it right in my stuffing, mix that shit up. Oof. Next morning, Oof. drop it in your coffee. Nice festive coffee. No, no. Cranberry sauce you can't lose. But mashed potatoes, they're just so Fuck aggressively you. overrated. You're so aggressively overrated. Every, you know, I've actually talked about, I, I did a thing about this. The reason I remember this is I, I, somebody asked me a question about that and I sort of published it about like, I think mashed potatoes are overrated and a bunch of people messaged me and I was just like, what do mashed potatoes do that, you know, these various other things don't people are like, eh, that's kind of a point, I guess, but it's I still not really a, like them. It's not it's a it point. It's not, it's, a point. it's like, it's like a, 
the way I describe mashed potatoes, it's not going to be the main meal, but it's going to be like if I, if it, if mashed potatoes was a basketball player, it would be Shane Battier in that like he <laughs> he's not going to score you thirty points a game, but he's just going to do everything else you need to make every your team better and make everything better. Mashed potatoes are at best the sixth man, and. <laughs> That means there are awards for that. They do. They do. Because they're like, congratulations, you're pretty underwhelming, but we enjoyed you anyway. Uh, Which, boy, is that a mashed potatoes thing. That means there's five other things on the plate, Court, that are better. And I'm sorry. It's just, it it is, when I think of like what I'm putting on the plate, because obviously the other part too is I don't not eat mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving. (laughs) It's just like, I, I do take them. I'm not a fucking psychopath, but I'm always just like, oh, this is the worst part of this. And that's fine. Unless you get like a bad roll. A bad dinner roll is a real problem. Somebody overcooks them and they're like fucking rock solid. And you're like, you're a piece of shit. Get the fuck out of here. But even you saying, well, that you're the sixth man. That means, well, there's five other things on the plate that are better than you. Like by that math, there's also like six other things behind you. Yeah, Yeah, turnips. Like turnips. You ever go to somebody's uh, place and they have turnips and you're like. Potatoes can get I put sweet potatoes above them. No, sweet potatoes are trash. Green bean like casserole. Green bean, green, green bean casserole is on the plate. That's on. No, that is green a, bean that casserole. Is a, that's garbage. That's, that's a starting lineup right there. No, you might as well be wearing a denim shirt with Winnie the Pooh on it. Fucking turkey, green bean casserole. Turkey, green bean casserole. Gross stuffing. Yes, a roll, some kind of roll. <laughs> See, I can do without a roll. Like oh, fucking carrots. Roll? Well, you the roll is plain, or are, you, I would say that, are you are you buttering that up? Or are you eating that roll? Plain? Yeah, of course I'm eating buttering a roll up. That's the whole point. Yeah. Okay, so how is that different from mashed potatoes? I'm not saying you can't butter a mashed potato. I'm just saying I'd prefer a buttered roll to buttered mashed potatoes. Do you think it does what mashed potatoes do better than mashed potatoes do it? Mm, Complement the rest of the meal? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't. It's no. not the same thing. It's the, obviously their viscosity is drastically different. They're in different states of matter. If you had a um, plate that was just turkey stuffing, uh, turkey gravy, and a roll, I would just be like, I don't want you. First in off, my I would life never anymore. do that. I, I would never have a Thanksgiving anymore. plate without color. That's insane. <laughs> that is an insane thing to have a plate of all beige food. You're a fucking psychopath if you do that. Eat a goddamn vegetable for Christ's sake. Yeah, which potatoes really aren't. By the way. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like mashed potatoes. No, they're not. It's a fucking tuber. <laughs> You're so a fucking tuber. Fucking, it's a starch. <laughs> potatoes are a starch. You're a starch. I am a starch. I'm a starch, yeah. badass motherfucker. <laughs> Adam, next unpop. Next, uh, I got two sports ones, and I kind of want to do them both. Which is weird because you don't even like sports. I know, crazy, right? Hey, listen to you. Don't even like sports. <laughs> Everybody, Andre Agassi, Andre Agassi season. Oh, right so good. The Agassi season. We're recording Agassi. another episode tomorrow morning. How about that? That awesome. we are. All right. I'm going to go with this one. And if I have time, I'll swing back around to the other one. I think right now the WNBA is actually the better of the two leagues compared to the NBA. Because of like, Victoria Wembanyama. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know there's no dunking which is kind of a bummer but beyond that like the nba game has kind of advanced in a way where it's very similar to the wnba like it's not like there's a lot more mid-range three-point type 
activity as compared to the 80s when everyone was just fucking dunking on each other. Like the era of being able to elbow a motherfucker in the chest without ramifications. I get why it's gone. But whenever people are like, look at LeBron's number versus MJ's numbers, it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't (laughs) do that because nobody gets clotheslined in the NBA anymore. And it's at best a flagrant. Like that doesn't happen. You Bill Lambeer would be banned from basketball by the (laughs) third game. They would have called the police on Bill Lambeer. Larry Bird would be in jail. Yeah. Yeah. For for his attempted murder of Kurt Rambis. (laughs) And once you take all that out, like once you take that degree of physicality out of it, not that there's no physicality in the WNBA, but a lot of it centers around shooting now. And yeah, it's a lot of ticky tacky stuff. God damn it. There's some good shooters in the WNBA right now. Like arguably some of the best shooters in basketball are either playing in the WNBA or in the case of Caitlin Clark still in college, but she'll be in the WNBA next year. Should and be, like, be great if she's in the NBA. <laughs> that yeah. would be kind of cool. And like, not just in terms of the quality of play, which I think has gotten significantly better over the years in the WNBA, but like tickets are cheaper. The players don't get paid as much. So they're a little hungrier. Like yeah, it's, literally, get them over with literally. a hot dog. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. You have a, you're in the hot dog with the stands. You can get some, some league of their own shit. And they and come like, in the stands and eat your hot dog. It, it sucks and it's backwards and it shouldn't be this way. But, you know, if someone is fucking toiling away in the NBA, it's not because they're just like rich and they're getting paid to do it and they don't care anymore. They fucking care about basketball. Jeremy Lin energy. Dicking with the WNBA, which still refuses. I mean, it's not the WNBA that refuses to pay players equally. And I know you can't pay them the same as the men's players, because they don't generate as much money, but I've said it a million times. It's not that it's that they don't share the money with the women's players, the way the money in the men's game is shared them. If you just did that, like even then the highest paid WNBA players, not making over a million dollars a year, but they're making like six or 700,000, which that's better than the like, can't afford to live in LA as a single person salary that most of them make. What was right the, uh, what was the last NBA player that was ransomed? Yeah. You, exactly. can't, you can't even think yeah. of one. Almost Dennis matter. Rodman in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. The closest. Dennis Rodman would have been the closest. And I mean, I, I was about to say that's because to get him back either. NBA players don't have to go play in other countries, but yeah, they do. It's just when they're in the league, they don't have to. Yeah. But, if they want to keep playing after that. Remember Dominique Wilkins was just like, fuck it, I'm going to go to Greece and make, what did he make, like $18 million for that one season going to Greece? Mm. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, the difference is women have to do it while they're playing in the yeah. WNBA. For for $22,000. Yeah, yeah, which that sucks. And it, it sucks because, I mean, the game has gotten so much better. It's really frustrating to me as I get older to realize just how much I was socialized growing up a sports fan to not even recognize women's sports. Like it's yeah. something I've, it's, it's, that's part of why I don't follow the debate. It's not that I think it's stupid or that it's like worst quality or anything like that. It's just, I don't have the inst like with sports fans very much. You're raised with that as a, it's an instinctual thing. Like, you don't, I don't remember when I became a sports fan. I just know I've been one as lo- like as long basically as I've been alive. And I just mm-hmm. never had the push growing up oh. to, 
follow women's sports. I've started caring you're about women because, because, <laughs> yeah, yes, in sports, yeah. It's, but it's like I've forced myself to start following women's soccer in a way, and that was that took like four world. It was like three or four World Cup wins for the U.S. women's team. Who's your to favorite start player? Realizing Crystal Dunn on the women's team. She's I actually know people who play with her growing up. She is she's been a rock solid player for better part of a decade now for the U.S. women's team. Um, I'm a Trinity Rodman guy myself. Yeah. I'm Hope Solo because she likes to beat her family. (laughs) And she's incredibly hot. And for some reason, that is the sexiest piece of information I've ever received. Jeff's kink is getting punched by his aunt. Let's let the record be known. (laughs) Oh, you don't have to let the record be known. That the record knows that a hot lady that can kick the shit out of me is absolutely 100% <laughs> on the top of my list, on the top of my Rhea Ripley list. Of you would go to prison immediately if you punched either of them, women or not, you would fuck them up. Oh, sure, but also, like, <laughs> here's the thing, Adam I wouldn't fight back. Hard to fight back when you got a big rubbery one going on down there, you know what I'm saying. Hey, you have to fight like a stapler. You have to be like bent over in half. But I mean, back to my point before we're talking about beatings. That was your point. <laughs> no, I mean, my point is just like, I just wish, like, I'm at a point now where I follow too many sports and I'm exhausted all the time. Like, I follow, I have seven teams I follow across multiple sports. And if I, I'm trying to get Angel City FC to be a part of my life, and it's hard. Because I don't have the bandwidth for that shit anymore. Yeah, it I'm, sounds you know, like you have a, a problem with sports. I do. It's not healthy. Um, I when I when the when we talked about this when it was happening, Jeff. But when the Rangers were eliminated from the playoffs last year, I the New York Rangers, I crawled into the fetal position for hours. That is and funny. My fian- yeah, and my fiance came home and was like, "Are you okay? Not about the sport, just like, are you okay generally?" And I was like, "Not really." And that's not healthy. So to add that level of of like insanity to more level to more teams, I don't have it in me. But the fact is, this was all formed before you know the world started to realize that we need to pay more attention to women's sports. So I, I hope what my experience is is not what pre what future generations experience is. I would like to state. For the record, that that reaction that you had with the the Rangers being eliminated from the NHL playoffs um, should never happen. Yeah, I these agree. are strangers <laughs> from different places, from different countries, by the way, <laughs> playing actually, a game that happened to be from the rough area where you have lived. Yeah, I that's had, the general vibe. I had an incident that happened when I was a kid, like from the age of like eight to 11 or so i was like absurdly into sports and then like i've always been a sports guy but i had this thing that happened i was watching a bears game i was i think 10 or 11 and the bears were in the playoffs and i had to piss so bad and i just did not because it was this like i believe the game was in overtime And I just like was not going to not watch this game, despite the fact that at one point I was like, I'm going to I'm going to piss my pants. I, as a child who should be well past the point where I'm going to piss my pants, uh, I'm going to piss my pants. And I did 
a little bit. And after that, I was like, (laughs) and after that happened, like even at that young of an age, I was like, all right, well, like I'm, I'm going to fuck with sports, but it can't be like this. Like it can't be. My takeaway is you did that for the bears of all teams. Fuck you, you, you cried over the Islanders. Rangers. Oh, the Rangers. Yeah. Islanders me. can die. Islanders can piss off out of existence. Oh yeah, know. yeah. You hate those other team from New York. That other <laughs> team from the exact same place you're from. I mean, I get it. The White Sox can fall into the fucking ocean. It's what, uh, which is also insane to me because they're different leagues. Yeah. Like as yeah. long as they're in different leagues, like you should have a National League and an American League team. Like you absolutely should. Yeah, I do. It's, it's the Chicago Cubs and the go fuck yourself. No, I'm a Cubs. The Boston fan. Red Sox, which Adam loves. Adam's a big I'll fan of the Boston Red Sox baseball team. I, yeah, I learned probably like as a around that same time, maybe a little bit later, maybe in my teenage years, where I was just like, I need to not take this stuff so personally. I got to not yeah. be invested in this thing that is literal tribalism like you're just like i identify with these people because they play in the building closest to me where this game is played like that to like get crazy about it is insane to me that being said you know like when when the red sox lost in 2003 in the alcs to that aaron fucking boone like i was like really walking around numb for a little bit because i built my hopes up and then it fell apart but i was like that sucks but this happens to us all the time. And then in 2004, we won. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like this is exactly the, the good feeling I have. Let's move on. That's like, like the Patriots eat shit now. They're a shitty team. And I'm like, yeah, but we did fine for a while. So I'm not going to get upset about it if they don't have a good year. Yeah, I'm that way with the Bulls. The Bulls don't owe me anything else sure. in life. And even like I've seen the Cubs win a World Series. I've seen the Bears win a Super Bowl. Like I'm old enough to have watched it on television. I had friends over at a Super Bowl party. I was eight, I think. Kind of feel like you're lying about that. No, I watched the fucking Patriots get down. No, I'm sure you watched yeah, it. Just, you said you had friends. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. you go. Back there then, go. I did. That's where it is. Yeah, back then. Because my mom made Ditka dogs. And so. Oh, fuck yeah. We all ate some. Why did she make Ditka dogs when I was at your place with, her mom, with your mom? Because everyone fucking hates you. Your mom doesn't. Oh, nice. I nice. did. Uh, I that, did have sexual that, relationship with your mother while I was. That there. wasn't. That wasn't telegraphed like ten thousand yards away. No, but yeah, women's sports. You should start fucking with them. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. If yeah. there's one thing I can point to that like really flipped that switch for me, it was last year's women's NCAA tournament. That that had bigger. Um, viewership than like the fucking NBA finals, didn't it? Yeah. And for good reason, that game was fucking great. Like all that interaction between An- is Angel Reese yeah, and Caitlin Clark. It was, was great stuff. Fucking yeah. great. Oh, it was su- and it was such a good game. People got to make it racial, which felt very 80s, you know? Yeah. 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 People were yeah. like, oh, this is like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Pick a side, white people. Yeah, yeah, and just like in real life, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, they're like, no, we actually get along fine. It's like, eventually, we don't, we don't hate yeah. each other. They got along at Larry Bird's house during like, what was it, like a Saucony ad or something? What was the company they worked for at the same time? Converse. Converse, Converse weapons, Converse. baby. Yeah, and they filmed a commercial at Larry Bird's house. His mom was really nice to Irvin. 
I like that, like, I think three different Celtics players had Converse weapons and they were all black and white. It's like, what the, f- what is happening? Mm-hmm. Anyway, who's next? Ethan? Ethan? I'll go. Um, go. This is a take that I've been festering with and fucking around with for 20 years. I'm glad I, or 20, close to 20 years. I'm glad I have a vehicle for it. The movie The Room is not so bad it's good. It just fucking sucks. It's, there's no, like, camp value to it. It's a terrible movie made by a prick that if you want to watch B-movies, there's like 20 billion better So Bad It's Good B-movies that you could watch. And I've never understood the obsession with this. Just like, why why is this a thing? And I've never understood that at one point in my life. Can I build off of that? Yeah. So Bad It's Good does not work for me. Yeah, I do I, not. I will not waste my time watching so bad. It's good unless it's like a mystery science theater thing where they're like, it's yeah. so bad. We made it good. Then I'm like, all yeah. right, that's that's enjoyable. But, but so bad it's good is bad. It's just bad. I mean, yeah. there are there are times where if the movie knows what it's doing, I'm not mad at it. If it's like we know what limitations we're working within and this is what we're giving you and we know it's kind of silly. like. Well, yeah, but that's like schlock. That's different. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's artistically that's Ed, done within the confines of what it can. It's not that, there's so a difference between bad. like Ed yeah. Wood and Tommy Wiseau. There's a difference between like early John Waters and Tommy Wiseau. There's schlock. There's like, this is ridiculous. We have limitations. We're we're going for it and we're doing this stupid, ridiculous thing. But this movie, there's what like every time I see a screening of the room, I'm just like, I would rather watch like an okay indie movie that's you know not going to move the needle, but at least it's like there's some like attempt to do something interesting. And I'm like, that movie doesn't get to have a screening because this movie has a midnight screening. I will add too that a lot of the midnight screenings exist based entirely on cruelty. Yeah, it is to make fun of this man, and I know that he's embraced it. He understands. He he gets the bit, but at the same time. People aren't watching this movie because they're like, I actually really like this guy. Like, I like some very bad movies and I stand up, I stand up and I say, like, I like this bad movie. Adam, for God's sakes, you have a podcast about bad movies. I feel like movies can be bad, but also good. Like a movie can have obvious recognizable flaws. Like, I think a good example is The Happening, which is a terrible horror film, but a top-notch comedy. Like it is when he's, one of when he's the, desperately talking nicely to the tree. Yeah. Like it's one of the most unintentionally hilarious movies I've ever seen, but that's so few and far between. Like a lot of times when people are like, this movie's so bad, it's good. I'm like, no, Mm-mm. no, this movie's just no, bad. Just it's bad. Yeah. It's just bad. I'm like, I would have rather spent two hours gardening than watching this. Yeah. Like, and I don't have a yard. And another thing I want to bring up is that Tommy Wiseau, yeah, when people watch the movie, they're doing it to dunk on But also, like, we don't like certain filmmakers because they are abusive shitheads. Why do we not acknowledge the part of Tommy Wiseau that is that he was really an asshole on that set? He was yeah. just a piece of shit on that set. And why does why do why is that never talked about when we talk about Tommy the room and Tommy Wiseau? I mean, to be fair, like we talk about how people are assholes on sets, but like. We don't do anything about it. Yeah. It's not like we're like, I'm not going to watch Kubrick or, you know, like, right. This is not going to happen. So it stands to wit that 
people would do that for a bad movie as well as a good movie. But I'm just like, there's so many fucking things where, like, we don't need to acknowledge this movie as the thing it is. That's just another nail in the coffin for my interest in this movie. I'll add, didn't he self-fund that whole movie? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he has probably more of a right to be an asshole on that set than everybody else. Like, him and Kevin Smith have the most right to have been assholes on their movies. And Kevin Smith wasn't. But, like, I get if you're you're fronting your own money out of pocket for it. But also, like, you know. But don't film uncomfortable sex scenes and don't give your act, your crew water. Like, yeah. don't have sex scenes that violate the privacy of your actors and then not give the crew water. How about you not you, do it, that? It's fair. Yeah. No, that's fair. I, I, also, like, the fact that you know this much about that movie, I'm like, well, this this is a lot of information. I watched yeah. The Disaster Artist and listened to a couple of podcasts, and I'm just like, <laughs> that's as much as I can do with this. That's that's American <laughs> research right there, baby. That's that's, that's that's more than I wanted to do, honestly. I haven't seen the movie and I don't want to. I'm not going to waste my time. I have such a limited amount of time. I sure would like to watch RoboCop again instead of The Room. Yeah. But yeah, I like that movie. RoboCop is an example of like, how does this movie work? Because it has all the tropes of being a bad movie, but it does so much interesting, fun, ridiculous stuff. that It's an incredibly quality movie. I'd say. Did you say RoboCop has the tropes of being a bad movie? Yeah, it has all the sci-fi schlocky elements, but it's so fucking good. I love RoboCop. I'm not saying, like, my favorite movie is Repo Man. That is my favorite movie. No, no, I, is, I get it. I'm just like, I'm like, no, but that part, this is not the conversation we want to have. But, like, you're also wrong about that thing that you said uh, as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, really wrong about it. Like, all of its ingredients are perfect satire. Like, it's Oh, done, it's brilliant. Every ounce of that movie is done with with the utmost intent. Um, the only one problem is, you know, Dick Jones's arms when he's falling. That's the only bad part of that whole, like every ounce of that. There is not an ounce of fat on that movie. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying in terms of the attitude, like I've seen a lot of movies that try to do RoboCop, what RoboCop did, including RoboCop 2 and 3. And RoboCop 2 is a good movie. I, but RoboCop 3 is not. The RoboCop, yeah, but it's just like. But my point is, like, you can do movies with schlocky things and do it incredibly and tight and interesting and really fun, but still have all the, the things that when you watch, like, a B so bad it's or, like, a so bad it's good movie, you want that, and you can make it really good. People and have, the room is nothing. Yeah, people have made really great careers out of that, and you brought up a couple of them with, like, Ed Wood, John Waters. You look at people like Toby Hooper. Toby yeah. Hooper was exactly what Tommy Wiseau could have been if he had any talent. Like talent rises to its own limitations. When you look at some of the bigger directors now, when you look at how they, look at Peter Jackson, yeah, like Peter Jackson doing what Dead Alive, yeah, yeah, and and like that Sam is Raimi. that is and Sam Raimi as well. Those movies are like schlock to the extreme. They're low budget. They're trash, and yet they are very good and they show what somebody can do with a limited budget tommy we exactly. had a limited budget and showed he could make shit yeah 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 jeff i mean i'm gonna stick on the entertainment thing i think as a society streaming and amazon prime delivery has collectively broken our brains and there is no coming back i think we have created a sense of entitlement in america's head that they will not give up and they do not care about the cost. We're seeing that now with the strikes with streaming. It's a streaming is, is a, is a failure. It's a convenient thing that we have, but it's, uh, it's an untenable thing. It's, it cannot last. 
the way that it exists in this way, but yet it's cheap and it's immediate and the library is very big. So we want it and we don't want to give it up. You don't want to pay the real price for these things. It's the same thing with shipping with Amazon. Everyone's like, oh, but shipping is free and it's immediate. And it's like, there's, I've talked about this before. There's not a zero cost to this. There is a cost. It's just a human cost. But I definitely, streaming was a mistake. I definitely, and I use it. I use streaming all the time, but it, it it's a problem. And I do not see how we can possibly come back from it. What's so yeah. frustrating to me about streaming is that in theory, it would be a great, like, let's democratize the entertainment industry principle. That we have all these platforms now, we can give attention to artists who wouldn't necessarily have attention if there were three channels like there was not that long ago. We can give people the freedom to do weird shit. We can give people their own unique voices, their own representation, and we can have a platform for that that we couldn't have before. That, in theory, sounds awesome, but it just doesn't. I agree. It, it cheapens everything. It makes no matter what you have, whatever you're producing, it's beholden to forces that are just as bullshit as they were 30 years ago. But because we're still beholden to those forces, it just makes everything more exploitative. Yeah. I've said the same thing about music streaming. Like music streaming cheapened music in all sorts of ways. It, like it made music not matter mm-hmm. anymore. And that sucks because that really, as a concept, took off at a point when we needed music to matter. Yeah. Like compare all the songs about the Bush administration and the war in Iraq to how many big name artists you can name that wrote songs about Trump. Like, no one even fucking bothered because music doesn't matter in that way anymore. But, like, I don't disagree with the, like, the thing about Amazon. I just think it's it's bigger than that. Like, you could say the exact same things about Twitter and about Facebook. Oh, social media has broken us in a very different, way worse way even. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And not just that, but, like, it's literally the same thing. The difference is Amazon delivers packages and Facebook and Twitter deliver emotions. Like if you want someone to praise you for a joke immediately, like you need that right now in Dopamine, traffic, yeah. fucking post that tweet. Like if Facebook gets the fucking slightest hint that you're angry when you log on, they're going to show you shit to keep you angry. Yeah. And we love that. And yeah, there is no way we're going to undo any of that. Like we're yeah. fucked entertainment like everybody wants immediate access to entertainment and we're, we we've spoiled ourselves we we have become spoiled we have not considered the cost we've not considered that humans make these things i know it's not a big deal but like i really do miss appointment tv it's one of the reasons i actually really yeah. like hbo sunday nights because it's the last form of appointment television um that that true i mean disney plus does it with their star wars and marvel stuff a lot like they'll drop an episode I prefer that. I actually very much prefer episodic television being once a week or something like that. I think we've broken how we consume media. I think we've become entitled to that media that, you know, Netflix is like, hey, we're going up to like $12.99 a month and people lose their minds. And it's like, do you not see what you have access to for $12.99 a month? Like, yeah, why? Like you're complaining because it's expensive. It was too cheap in the beginning. Imagine yeah. if an, a made in America iPhone came out and it did everything correctly. It, it paid people a fair wage. It did all the stuff like all the minerals were mined fairly. 
like people would be so mad at how expensive the real cost of an iPhone would be. And it's the same thing with shipping. People will get mad. Adam, you've got an eBay store, right? Yes. You sell something. If you don't immediately get that out to somebody, they lose their fucking minds. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't give a shit. Well, yeah. Fuck them. But what I'm saying is, no, I don't, I don't, I don't mean fuck them in that they would lose their mind if I don't ship it out immediately. I mean, they gave me the money. Like if I walked into a convenience store and was like one candy bar, please. And I slid the money across the counter and the guy was like, thank you. Your candy bar is coming in six days. I'd be like, man, what? And same thing. Like what's stopping me from, if someone gives me money for something, what's stopping me from just sending it right away? No, well, you could be out of town. And you can set your eBay store to tell people. Sure, that. but you know, I get, but I, I, what I, what I get is like, everybody wants something so immediately. Like, yeah. it's just a thing that happens. People, like, if you have to wait, remember it used to be like, you order something on the internet, they're like, we'll get it to you in four weeks. Yeah. Or like, it'll eventually get to you. Or like, remember like. And you would like build anticipation for when that arrives. Yes. It would be like would Christmas Day. Order from a cereal like, box. Yeah. And they would be like, yeah, wait, give six to eight weeks for delivery. And you'd be like, this is how life is. And I get that there's, it went to a real severe non-middle ground very quickly. Yeah. And I do think that it has made, it's also, you know, putting that, this becomes the Amazon thing, which I've talked about a lot, but like, I don't mind paying extra money to give my neighbors who run a store money. I don't mind a couple. And I know not everybody has that luxury, but like, if it's an extra dollar for something, that I can put back into my community and keep people's lives better instead of putting more money in Jake Bezos's pocket. I'm going to do that. But Jeff, why do you like Stalin so much? I mean, he had good ideas <laughs> and he was very handsome when he was young. And also he killed all those people, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. You can't tell me um, you get away with killing that many people. And then you just died naturally. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing about putting money back in your community and giving money to mom and pop shops. Not everyone can do that. Like there's yes. not like not everyone has a mom and but pop shop to do that. But with. that's and also that's, the product of streaming and Amazon is that. Well, it's also the, could, it's also the product of department stores. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I understand that. I get that. And I fuck Macy's. I don't like, I'm not that invested in, in their survival the same way I am of like a small independent store. I get it. I get not everybody has access to it. And I did preface it by saying, look, I, I understand this isn't for everybody. Not everybody has that luxury. But if you're granted that luxury and you have like people don't time has become this weird form of currency where people are just like they're door dashing McDonald's and shit like that. Like we've become this thing where everything's being delivered straight to us. And it's it's bad. It's a bad thing. It's making it too easy to eat awful shit. I don't know. It's it's a dangerous precipice that I'm about to go on. But these things, these like instant delivery and, you know, DoorDash and all these things, I, I genuinely think they're not in the long term good for the American brain. Yeah. yeah. I actually just want to go back to you, sort of the streaming side of it. And I agree with what you said there. Right? I just want to put another point on top of that is that when you're talking about like appointment television, I really think the fact that every sh- show has like a match of 10 episodes per season fucked with what television what television does well like there's no time to put characters make characters like have depth and variety because everything has to be boom 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 we're going to this we're going to this we're going to this and if you have 
20, 25 episodes a season, you can have entire episodes that are just about, hey, let's see what this character's life is like, or what is this character like, got into this weird like a bottle episode and, and stuff like yeah, that. Or yeah. just like variety. And there's no variety. You can't have, if you have six people in a show now and you have eight episodes, every character has to do everything in every episode. You can't have an episode that's just like, let's just yeah. look at this guy. I will add, by the way, the irony of me saying this, while I am incredibly grateful for Netflix's existence, for giving me a quarter of a million dollars. That was very nice of them to do that. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, is this, you guys really, you making money off this show? All right, I'll take it. Like, like, I was very happy to receive that. But also I'm like, I'm glad I got in on season one. There's no way they're going to make it this easy to win this much money. Um, all the people involved were awesome. It was such a great experience. And so I do recognize that there is a hypocrisy in a way that I'm saying streaming was a problem. Granted, they've been paying my bills for the past two years. Um, but there's just, you're, you're right about that. But I will say that comics went through something too in, in the like uh, early 2000s where they started doing six issue arcs because that was what trade paperbacks sell at is six, five and five to six issues. That didn't necessarily become a problem for storytelling. And so storytelling itself is changing because of the Netflix model or the Disney plus model or whatever of that 10 episodes. I don't, I don't stand to like judge that aspect of it the same way. Cause I'm like, well, that is a changing of art style. I, it, I can't, there's no good or bad version of that. I guess. I just, I think I just disagree that things like character development and focusing on one character for an episode aren't possible when you're working within the constraints of streaming. Like I think what's actually happening is we're seeing a lot of shit television that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. And the shittiness of it is masked by the fact that we can binge it and watch every episode in a day. A lot of these shows, I think the earliest example was orange is the new black. If we had to wait a week for new episodes of that show, that shit would have been canceled before yeah. the first season. And that would have, that would have been a stars original series. It was trash. And the House of Cards was the other one, right? Around yeah. that time? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's more that. But if you look at a show like Atlanta, like Atlanta had like what, 12 episodes a season at most. Hmm. And there's several, there's episodes that none of those fucking actors are yeah. in. And yeah. like, it's just that like back then Atlanta would have been the one show. And yeah. now there's going to be like 50 shows that think they're Atlanta and I'll fuck it up. Yeah, and Atlanta is is meta in a very specific way. Like it's, it, it is something that toys and plays with the format in a way that we haven't seen in a while, and that that also stands as like a very very strong thing of like what creatives can do within the confines that they are granted. One yeah, thing that we did lose in streaming the dream episode. You yeah. guys remember how there would always be a weird dream episode of every show? Yeah, yeah. we lost our weird dream episodes. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I, that's the one argument about streaming that I don't buy is that it constrains people like just work with the constraints you're working in. I think it fucks people money wise. Yeah. And when it comes down to people spending the same amount of time that they would have spent on like a network show, that's like 20 episodes just to crank out six episodes and they're getting paid per episode. No, that's you. you you know what I notice I've been binging a lot more is old series that 
came out on network television. Like yeah. I binge that way more than I binge a show made for Amazon or Netflix. And by the way, I also like that we are granted a lot more stuff. Like, but that's part of the spoiling part is like stuff isn't special anymore. A new yeah. Star Wars thing comes out and everyone's like, oh my God, another one. And it's like, could you imagine in the 90s if somebody's like, we got a, a Star Wars TV show coming out now and people would be like, this is the most amazing thing I have ever seen in my life. And now we're just like, fuck it, another Marvel, another Marvel show. Like we're, we're burning yeah. ourselves out on content. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it is too much though. Like it is, it's way too much. That's where Star Wars, in terms of being a thing that, like, I've seen every Star Wars movie in theaters. I fucking love Star Wars, except for Solo and Rogue One. And oh, you missed two good ones. Oh, I fucking love, I've seen them since, and I fucking yeah. love them both. I especially love Solo. Solo's a fucking delight. I thought I was going to hate it. I was like, who is that lead actor? I've never seen him. And God, he was great. That movie fucking rules. Solo is the most fun Star Wars movie that's ever been made. It's and so that's fun. not up for debate. It I'm just, not saying it's the best Star Wars movie ever made, but it is blows away. As but far it's as like fun how many factor. people like think of like Solo as like an event? That's that's what you're saying. Dude, it, like, oh, yeah, Solo. It, it, it was yeah. the, the, the lowest sales of any Star Wars movie because people were like, it's not my Han Solo or like, I didn't like that. It was fun. Like there's, yeah. there's always like, you're right too about Adam, when you said social media is breaking people's brains too, because we have really established that people's opinions on stuff matter. And it's like, you know, letterboxed. Yeah. Just that they, or if they're even needed. Yeah. 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 I fucking, you know what I love watching? Old Siskel and Eberts. You know why? Because they were good at having opinions. And a lot of people yeah. are not. Yeah. And they consider everything. And they they like weird shit because it's weird. And I think that's like, you know, you watch like an old thing and you, you know, like Roger Ebert saying Dark City was his favorite movie of like 1998 or something like that. And you're like, what? And he goes yeah. and explains. He's like, yeah, we didn't have anything like this before. This is a, an insane, this is like, weird french avant-garde sci-fi that exists in an american studio system you'd never get anything like this ever and now because of this streaming and the blockbuster concept that we have like movie theaters have been eating shit mid yeah. mid-budget movies are dead or they're shifting over or these like you know everyone was like bird box is a good movie bird box fucking is only on netflix because they couldn't consider putting it in the theaters <laughs> yeah like, like that they, like they couldn't get distribution for that movie because it's not good yeah like what was the last netflix or, original movie that came out that you were like that's a good fucking movie yeah that's the thing the ones that are good were in theaters look at 10 cloverfield lane versus the cloverfield paradox yeah. oh yeah like look at how good that's 10 cloverfield lane crazy. is and then this the sequel to it prequel i guess um is abysmal and it's low rent and it's not fun. Yeah. It's, I don't yeah. know. It's just, we've, we've undervalued, we've, we've undervalued labor and entertainment and the yeah. labor that makes that entertainment because of that. And it sucks. And I, I don't know how we can, it would take a collective group of like, it would take the same amount of cultural understanding as it would to get rid of guns. Yeah. Where you're like, you have yeah. it and you've had it and you've been spoiled it's a problem it's gonna go away and people are like don't don't take my streaming yeah 
take my streaming out of my cool dead hands. <laughs> and yeah, again, it's like streaming would just be the start. Like we need to shed streaming. We need to shed social media. Like, again, we need to roll the internet back to that point where we were just, I've said this on like five fucking podcasts in a row. We need to go back to that point where it was Yahoo groups and we just came to the internet to find our people. Yeah. Yeah. And to cyber fuck somebody who's probably a creepy dude in Michigan. Well, hey, maybe that's your people. That's fine. Yeah. But it was when we were all like, no, 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 no. We should all be hanging out and sharing news and information with each other, like in one big town square. No, we shouldn't. We've never, no, we've no. never needed that. There's so many people I don't want to hear from. Yeah, and it also, turns out and that I sucks not for our career. To- yeah. yeah. Like, our career is like, we got to reach as many people as possible. And to like have to give that up is so difficult because you're like, but I know. I don't think it's that difficult. Like, I don't, I don't know. What is like Twitter really doing for you? That's like, fair. I'll, I'll add that you have a better position than I do. Slightly. Because, well, yeah, I mean, you, you were literally on the, the best era of the most popular comedy website in the world at a time when the, when social media hadn't fully broken everybody. Um, yeah. You know, and so like you got a lot of people following you, but a lot of us that are having to build, like, this is why Instagram reels have become popular and that's ruining standup is yeah. these, these, but also like if you get a hundred thousand views on one video on an Instagram reel, you'll get like one or two new followers. That's the new algorithm. Yeah. And That's so it's like, it's in, I, it's, yeah. I know people who have hundreds of thousands of TikTok followers and it's doing nothing for people showing up at their shows, people sure. listening to the podcast they're on. I'll tell you what, though, I don't know if anybody else has faced that, but if you're granted an opportunity, the first thing they ask you is how many followers you have on Instagram. Yep. Yep. That yeah. is the first fucking thing they ask. It has nothing to do with your talent. It has everything to do with your reach. And if you people, that's why comedians tend to be relatively spineless. I mean, not as a monolith, of course, but like they are afraid to speak out. A lot of comedians are afraid to to have an opinion about difficult things that would lose them followers. Yeah. And like those of us that are not afraid to do that are, are getting punished for it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember even back when Trump was campaigning and a lot of this podcast was centered around that because I was very early of the opinion that Trump could win in 2016. There were comics who like, they weren't even that big, just big enough that they like had a manager and were getting booked at clubs on the weekends. And like, I tried to book, there were a couple times where I tried to book people and I was like, all right. And we're talking about Trump and they're like, Oh, my manager said, I can't talk about anything political. And it's like, how's that fucking feel? Like, it probably feels fine because, like, if you're willing to take that stance, you don't give a shit what Trump's up to in this country anyway. Like, yeah. But also, please understand you're part of the problem. Like, you are absolutely part of the problem. It's a fucking problem, man. And it's, it's broken. It, it's, Comedy is being, I mean, we say that, and you know, there's always the chicken little energy of the sky always falling, but like, there is something to be said about like, have you seen comedy shows? Like people are shouting from the audience now. They want to be a part of it. They think that crowd work is comedy now. Yeah. And it is 
crowd work is, I hate to say this because I know people that are very good at it. In my opinion, the laziest form of comedy, because you're just like, I'm not going to do any material. I'm just going to be like, where, where you, where'd you guys meet? Let me see if I can be mean to you guys real quick. Like that's, that fucking sucks. I and mean, if there's... you don't play that game, you don't get the attention. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking Amazon. Am I right? Man, I get it. I'm an old man yelling at clouds. Like I have an old, and also, by the way, I will add to that getting into this career, if you are ever one of those people that was grown up taught to be humble, boy, is this a rough place to be. If like human, because it used to be like, be humble, do your job, don't brag, blah, blah, blah. If you don't brag about yourself on social media, your, your people are going to just not care. Yeah. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. It just sucks that that shit's also getting used to like commit genocides in Myanmar (laughs) things. Right. That's like, but also we're talking a bunch about Instagram and I do feel like Instagram is the most innocuous of the social media sites. Like it isn't like, that's the one you hear the least about spreading misinformation and things that like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Instagram, like for one thing, it's owned by Facebook. So that's the problem. And Facebook like should be burnt to the ground. Like there's, that is fucking cut and dry. There's no excuse to use Facebook anymore. That is a tool for bad people use it to topple governments and cause genocides like full stop. Facebook should be ended, like not regulated. Facebook should be shut down. Like it, it conducts social experiments on people. And that's not like a conspiracy theory. That's just a thing we know. That's its entire business model. Like, flip the switch, turn it off. The thing I've noticed now is, and I know we got to get going soon. The thing I've noticed now is like a lot of boomers will share satire sites that are, that label themselves satire, but all they do is they post non-funny fake news stories. Yeah. Like John Elway threatens to fire anybody who will kneel uh, during the national anthem. And they're like, that's the way it should be. America first. And it's like, that didn't happen. They label yeah. themselves as a satire site so they can keep doing this, but they're just doing this because they get revenue from your sharing. Yeah. And pe- they don't understand that shit. See, you you saying it blew your mind that Ethan has that much knowledge about the room. Like, why do you still know that much about Facebook? Are you like going on Facebook for like fun? No, I, but I do like go on there and post stuff and I'll do like a quick little scroll. So you through still use here. Facebook. In a way, I guess I don't have the app, but I, I'll, I'll pull it up if I'm posting like a well, because like, here's the thing is like if I'm doing a, a, a show or a live stream or something like that and I, I share about it like yeah, it's part of the game. You know, you do say, hey, I got this show. And also it'd be rude. Like if I have if I do an episode of Jeff has cool friends and I don't post about it, it's like rude to my co to my guest that I'm not putting mm-hmm. them out there, even though they did me the favor of coming on the show. Yeah, I don't think you're obligated to post on Facebook. There's no obligation, but it's polite, I guess. Burn Facebook to the fucking ground. <laughs> God damn. Oof. Also, that's how I pick up all that sweet, sweet hometown trim. Oh. <laughs> well, at least roll Facebook back to the point where you couldn't share news. Yeah, right. Like, no, no I'm fine with that. That used if to be a thing. To Ethan Stanislavski is, and that's how I've had to do all my posts on Facebook going forward like it was in like 2007 yeah i don't care sure yeah 
I'll take that's yeah, I'll last, take that version. That's the last time I enjoyed being on Facebook. So yeah. Yeah. All right. We should wrap this up. I have to do a list cast in less than an hour. And I did not bring enough water for the amount of weed I've been just smoking. like just get out of here. So. And yeah, just exactly. get out of here. Now my tongue is sticking to the roof of my mouth. Hey, thank you both for doing the pod, except Jeff. Uh, what do we have to plug before we get out of here? I have a show this week, November 17th, uh, Samantha Jane's show, Comedy Go-Go. The venue got changed. It was at El Cid, and I keep threatening to tell people what the new venue is, and I just keep forgetting. Check my Instagram. That's the only place you'll find it. I don't post. Not on your Facebook? I, it's not on my Facebook. Um, it's also not on blue sky, which you can't follow me on blue sky. I just don't, I don't post promo shit on blue sky. I respect the plat short for platform saves me time when I talk. Hey, Ethan, what do you got to plug? So my monthly standup show is happening on Saturday, November 18th. It's called avatar two. We don't just screen the way of the water. We have stand up and then a bunch of, uh, weird, funny character bits. Uh, on it this month's theme is but i'm an avatar too and we have definitely natasha leone appearing on the definitely her appearing on the show uh it may be a character playing her it may be her we'll see but then we have a great setup lineup too so come out it's at the good night in north hollywood november 18th at 7 p.m i think i'm doing that show in december yeah i will be out of town for that one but i you will be missed and Ooh, you will do that wow. show in December. i know never done that i gotta show. do a I got to do a stupid fucking thing like have a bachelor party. What the fuck? That is stupid. Um, what are you, yeah. 27? Yeah. Yeah, I am, Jeff. I am. Are you? No, I'm not. No. Gosh, I'm 30. Because like, you look like shit Jesus if you're 27. Christ. I really would. I would be sad for myself if I was looked like this and I was 27. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, what do you got to plug? I'll be on Avatar too. They haven't booked me, but I'll just show up and force myself on stage. <laughs> Literally nobody could stop me. Um Mint on cards the second Friday of every month. The blast from the past on beautiful Magnolia in Burbank, California. Um, so you can come check that out. Jeff has cool friends. Uh, Ugg Fine with Kim Crawl and Nerd with Dre Alvarez are all available at patreon.com slash Jeff May for early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content and some exclusives in there as well. Um, you can uh, also have Adam flip me off on camera. That's rude and hurtful. Um, I do. I must break you on my, uh, on my YouTube on Wednesdays at two o'clock uh, Pacific time. I do. You don't even like sports cards at X time. Whenever Adam and I can find time to do it. It's a lot of fun. Um, then uh, let's see. Uh, Tom and Jeff watch Batman on gamefully unemployed and all the other stuff. Be nice rate review if you're listening to this show fucking give it a positive review yeah. and, and like subscribe do shit like it's free do, do free shit do and help shit. us we we yeah. get money when you do free shit so do free yeah. shit yeah you need help give us your help. yes all right let's get the fuck out of here ethan say goodbye bye everyone thanks for listening to my old man hot takes jeff say goodbye you get the tommy Wizzo rookie card everybody <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Jim, me ass.